Almighty God, we give you glory this morning. And God, we look for your spirit to just permeate this house. God, would you do such a work? Would you expose us to your glory, to your word? Would you take the sword of the spirit and would you cut to the depth of who we are? God, would you cut so much that it transforms us into what you want? The God, you put us on the new river of your destiny, of your path, of your calling, and your purpose. God, we will never be the same. Lord, would you light a fire in us and across faith promise all of our campuses that the angels in heaven would step to the edge and watch us be ablaze for you, God. Let your spirit reign in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, give him a shout as you take your seat. Woo! My mercy, my mercy. Well, we would all have to agree that we are, most of us are living in the fast lane. We're busy, we're rolling, we've got school, we got work, we got kids, we got games, we got ministry, we got group, we got all this going and going and going. And a lot of that is because we bought into the lie of the world that if we're really, really, really busy, we're really, really important. And so we don't put margins in our life and we burn to the edge. But if we're going to walk the new roads that God has called us to walk in 2018, I got to tell you this, one of the things that we're going to need is a really good guide. We've missed the last three turns, okay, Mike. You down. know, Please, if you'll I don't down. know how to get. Now, which way do we turn here? Take it right here. Because you obviously didn't know last take, take time. It right, take it right here. Golly, take it right here. man. Do you know where we're going? Wait. No, it was definitely left. Go, go Are here. you kidding me? Go up here. If you just calm down. If you said you knew the way. I did say I knew the way, and I don't. I'm just, You've I'm just, never been there. Stay right. This feels good. I feel good about this. You feel good? You're supposed to know where we're going. Are we going right? Uh, uh, we. Yeah, it's back that way. We're going to be 20 minutes late. The whole video team's You're waiting You're frightening on us. me. You just calm down a little man. bit. Do you not? It's hard to oh, see with the red in your oh, eyes. Oh, my goodness. Are you, are you sure? You probably could have gone that way. I knew it! I knew! I knew! What? Are you trying to get it the fastest way, or are we just having a good father-son trip? No, we're late, and so it's not... Take it right here. Take it right here. This will get us there. This is a parking lot. <laughs> See, if the, one of the, the, the one thing worse than not knowing where you're going is someone giving you bad directions. So how can we get to where God wants us to go if we don't have good, clear directions? Now, we all know where we've been, right? We can all look in the rearview mirror. And if you look in the rear, some of you see just loads of triumph. Others see tragedy. You may look in the rearview mirror and you may see the mountaintop that you just left. Or you may literally be able to see the valley of the shadow of death. But wherever you've been... It's where God now wants us to go, to his best future for us, new rivers and new roads. That requires, that requires some, great, some great directions. Now, again, if this is your first weekend, we're about to wind up our new rivers and new roads. It's a theme for the entire year, but it's a book that we write every year for you. I, and I've been lying all week, and we do not have any more hard copies. Uh, we gave out 10,000. But you can go to our to Faith Promise website, go to the events, and you can download for free a PDF, or you can get it for 99 cents on Kindle. Again, that's the cheapest Kindle will let you put it. So if you want that, get it. Do you know, walk through with your family. It's got a 
Bible reading plan in the back that we're on together at Scott, how you can do a personal growth plan. And so we're going we're gonna to walk through that. Because this is what believe, we believe, not just for January, but for all of 2018, that you can get in on God's grace and God's greater purpose through his new rivers and his new roads. Rivers travel down, bringing provision from God. Roads lead up, following to the vision that God has. By the way, welcome all of our campuses. Hey, LMU, not an empty seat last weekend. Bree, great job. We're excited about a new microsite at LMU University. It's incredible what God is doing. So here we are in February. Today is the last day of the 21-day fast, and people are saying, hallelujah, praise God. And it depends on how you fast it and what you fast. But whatever it is, it's over. And it was an incredible time for me. In the last couple weeks, my quiet time, I believe, has been the best I've ever had in my life. And so God has been just lighting me up, opening up stuff. It has been incredible. I don't care how long you've been walking with God, it can just get better. As a matter of fact, if there's ever been a time in your life where you're more on fire than you are now, it means you have backslidden from a place closer to God. But we believe this, that he is pouring out for you his new rivers of provision and paving new roads of vision for you for this year. Our theme for this year that we'll come back to throughout the year, Isaiah 43, do not call to mind the former things or ponder the things of the past. Behold, God said, I will do something new. It will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? And again, my greatest concern is that that so many will miss because they're not aware of it. What God is doing, like going to a new place, you've got to have directions if you're going to get from here to there, places you've never been. You've got to be trustworthy. I don't know about you, but we all have on our phone GPSs, global poop system, and uh, it's gotten me lost more times. I'm sort of a technological pterodactyl, and so I'll always question, is, is it taking us the right way? See, God doesn't just desire to deliver you from your past, but he wants to take you into his preferred future for you, into greater glory, greater grace, greater purpose. That's what God wants. So arriving somewhere new is only possible if we follow the one who knows the way. That's not Micah. That's Jesus, the one who knows the way. So we that are followers after Christ, one of our challenges is to be so close to God that we know what God wants, that we know the route God wants us to take, that we, that we achieve our destiny and our calling and our purpose that God placed us here for. So I'm going to take you somewhere. Can we go on a 24-minute journey together? Can I have your attention for 24 minutes? All right, 12 of you. Of the other 998, can I have y'all? Come on, we're going to go on somewhere. I'm telling you, this may be for many of us this weekend the most important message you've ever heard. And so I believe that you can lock down all spiritual warfare and so many of our mistakes on, on what I'm going to cover this weekend. God has just laid out something incredible. Gallup did a poll recently, and of all the people that they polled, they, they rated themselves spiritually. From spiritually mature are very committed down to zero. 12% of those that were polled rated themselves as very mature are very committed. That sounds like the remnant, the choice chosen people we talked about last weekend. And what they found in the surveys were those that marked spiritually mature are very committed were twice as likely to be happy with their life. See, there is just a biblical principle that the more you follow after God, the more you enjoy the journey. Does that make sense? The more you buy into the world, which is get all you can, the less you'll involve, the less you'll enjoy the journey. Those people that 12% that rated themselves very committed 
we're far less likely to be divorced, we're more, we're more tolerant of other races and religions, and we're more involved in charitable activities. It actually sounds like the road that most people are cruising around trying to find but haven't located yet. So where are you finding your direction? Where are you finding your vision? <clears throat> because without a vision, the people perish or the people are unrestrained. And if, there's no, if you don't have a vision, there's a loss of peace, there's a loss of perspective, there's a loss of purpose, there's a loss of joy. Because if there's no hope in the future, there is no power in the present. That goes with everything, your job, any kind of addiction, marriage, relationships, ministry. There's got to be hope in the future so there can be power in the present. But I'm going to give you one of the greatest mistakes that all of us have and still make on a regular basis. We go all the way back to the Garden of Eden and we find this and we can go all the way then to Revelation 22 and we will see it throughout the entire thousands of years of biblical history recorded, and that is this. We turn on the road of physical peace or our own physical needs before we turn on the street of spiritual peace. Would you agree with that? Okay. You don't agree with that. Let me prove my point because this is extraordinarily important. You get Your company goes to you and they say, we're going to transfer you across country. Or another company offers you a job with a $100,000 raise, and you obviously believe it's God because it's more money. And so we, we look at that, and we go to the new city, and who's the first person we're going to meet in the new city? A realtor, right? You're going to go, you're going to find out a realtor, you're going to do a little search on your little computer, you're going to get there, you're going to, and they're going to take you, and you're going to look for a good neighborhood so that your kids can find good what? friends and schools. So then you finally get there. You've now bought a house. You've moved everything there. Your kids are there. You've got them in a good school. You've tried to find a good athletic program for them. And somewhere along the line, you might start looking for a new what? Church. Let me ask you a question. Which needs came first, spiritual or physical? Physical. And isn't that the way, come on now, you got to, isn't that the way that most of us run our lives? So here's the deal, well, eight of us. Here's the deal. I need to wake up about a thousand people. Your eight, your, your eighth grader is sitting in the living room playing a video game, and you look at your son and say, Son, I need you to put the game down, and I want you to go clean up your room. At which the eighth grader looks at you, snubs his nose, and says, Not hardly. Yeah. And you look at your eighth grader, and your eighth grader says, I'll do that when I want to. Because, see, I'm going to finish my game, then I'm going to watch a movie, and then I'm going to make a sandwich. And later, if I feel like it, I might go clean up my room. And you're going to fold your arms and say, well, you have a free will, son. That's fine and dandy. You clean it up whenever you get good and ready. <laughs> Is that what you're going to say? No, you're going to say, I hope you're saved because I'm going to kill you, and I'd like to think that you're going to go to heaven. Now, why does it make you mad when your kids don't obey you, but it doesn't bother you when you don't obey your father? Oh, now we're getting into some of it, baby. You hear that? Yeah. We typically, it's the way of the world. The world says you got to take care of you first. So we've all missed this turn of putting our own needs above our spiritual needs and putting ourselves above God, right? 
At minimum, it delays you getting to the right destination. And on the, the other side, it makes you actually never get to your destiny and purpose, and you live frustrated and struggling. That's what this weekend is all about. Last weekend, we looked at the prophet Haggai, who was preaching to the newly released Israelites who have left Babylonian captivity of 70 years. For 70 years, they prayed and begged God to let them get free so they can go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple. Do they rebuild the temple? No. They build their houses, their barns, their farms, their, their, all their stuff. Years have gone by, and God says, hey, have y'all forgotten something? Whose needs did they put first? Their own. Their own. Let me tell you what Jesus said. Let's let's throw a little Jesus in here. This will really mess you up. He turned and said to Peter, get behind me who? Now, why does Jesus call one of his best friends the devil? I'll tell you why. Because Jesus has just given the boys some good news and bad news. The bad news is we're going to Jerusalem. They're going to arrest me, put me on trial, find me guilty. They're They're going to torture me, hang me on a cross, kill me. That's the bad news. The good news is in three days I'm going to come back alive again, and pay for the sins of mankind. And Peter said, not hardly. Don't know what you're smoking, Lord, but no. So you can't put no and Lord in the same sentence. No, Lord, it's not happening. This is what Jesus goes on and says. Jesus says, not only, are, not only have you sided with Satan, but he said, you're a stumbling block to me. Why? For you have not set your mind on whose interest, but whose interest so he said, Peter, you don't care about me, you care about you. You care about the disciples. You care about your plan of being vice president of the world when I take over. You're not thinking about God's interest, and it's what we all do so often. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wishes to come after me, here's the deal. Here's what we signed up for, and nobody told you. You've got to deny who? See, denying yourself makes it easy to put God's interest first, doesn't it? Are y'all, are y'all out there? I didn't, man, come on. We deny yourself, take up your electric chair, your lethal injection, which is literally what it means. This is the form of the, the most torturous form of execution. Take up your lethal injection and follow me. See, and and once you've done that, it should be easy to put God's interests first. But see, the old flesh wants to be back in charge, doesn't it? For whoever wishes to save his life will do what? Lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And he goes on and says, for what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and he loses his own what? So, see, Jesus knew that we were all about getting more of the world. And Jesus said, listen, if you get it all and you lose your soul, what have you gained? Absolutely nothing. So I want to challenge you, if you missed last week, go back, go to our resource center, get a free DVD or CD, go online and watch last week's message. Consider your ways because this one follows right after it. Because last week it was Haggai, this week it is Zechariah. They're back to back in the Old Testament. Matter of fact, Zechariah is Zechariah's also preaching at the same time. Haggai, Zechariah's younger. He's a prophet slash priest. Matter of fact, his name means the Lord remembers. He's where we named our son Zach, Zechariah, who will come in second next week. By the way, it's preach off, but is that's what his name's. Been. So a group of people come to Zechariah, and they say this: For seven years we have fasted. Do we fast or do we feast? And this is what God answers in Zechariah 7. 
Then the, the word of the Lord of hosts came to me saying, Say to all the people of the land, to the priests, When you fasted and you mourned in the fifth and the seventh month of these years, was it really for me? He said, if we could cut through all the chase and get raw and real, you weren't fasting for me, you were fasting for you. He said, you were again putting your desires, wills, and needs above that which I desired. It wasn't for me when you eat and drink. Do you not eat for yourself? Do you not drink for yourself? He said, you're putting yourself first. And if we're not careful, what happens is that we become rule followers and not real followers. And what God is looking for is what? Real followers. People that just don't go through the motions, but people that are, have been, been transformed. People that are walking in the power of God. People who have put God first. People that are engaging and encountering God in some ways. And these are just some of the ways that, that we encounter him in his word. Again, in the back of this Bible reading plan. The, the Matthew passage was in our Bible reading plan this week. In worship, part of worship is this, realizing that God is bigger, greater, grander. And in worship, I say, Lord, I'm back on, listen, I'm back on the throne. I surrender. I repent. I make you Lord of all that I am. Take over my life. Worship is about putting God in his proper place, which is what place? First, absolute first in worship, embracing others, loving and caring for people, engaging the world around us, and expanding the kingdom of God. See, our legacy as the people of God is to build the kingdom of God, not our own empires. We all want to leave a legacy, don't we? I want my kids all to serve and love God with all their heart, soul, mind, strength, and body. I want my grandkids to love and serve God. I want the next generation, if they promise to love and serve God. I want faith promise to 10 and 15 and 20 years when I'm no longer the senior pastor to blow past what we have done now into a greater, grander future. Does that make sense? Are you with me? But we've got to walk some new roads. And so Zechariah goes on in Zechariah 4 or 6. Then he said in me, this is where the Lord is Zerubbabel, the governor. He was the one in charge in Jerusalem, and they were not rebuilding the temple, saying, it is not by power, it is not by your might, says the Lord of hosts, but it is by God's spirit. And if we're going to walk these new rivers, then it's not by our might, our power, our ability. It's by God's might, God's power, God's ability. In God's word and in worship as we meet together in groups, as we are individual in our quiet time, it is by God's power. Does this make sense? Because we're trying to transform a world that's all about self into a world that's about God. Are y'all with me? Zechariah chapter 1 verse 2. The Lord was angry with your fathers. Therefore, say to them, thus says the Lord of hosts, return to me, declares the Lord of hosts, that I may return to you, says the Lord of hosts. He said, listen, I was chapped at your parents. Don't be like your fathers. What did they do? They forsook God. They forsook the Sabbath. They worshiped idols. They put their own needs above what those things that God wanted. To whom the former prophets proclaimed, saying, thus says the Lord of hosts, return to me from your evil ways and from your evil deeds. But they did not what? Or do what? This Bible is full about they did not listen and they did not give heed. In Genesis chapter 2 to Revelation 22, God spoke and the people thumbed their nose over and over. That's why Isaiah 43 says, I'm doing something new. Will you be aware of it? And most of us are not aware of it because we're not listening. We're too busy, focused on our agenda, our houses. As a matter of fact, there are people here this weekend that name the name of Jesus. You're more concerned with the flowers in your garden at home than people that are going to hell. Are, are y'all okay? 
You okay? So it's just the real deal. We're raw and real here. If you're new, you say, my goodness, I, man, I didn't know y'all did this. I love that people think that large churches are candy factories that don't preach the word. It's ridiculous, by the way. It's just ridiculous. Zechariah chapter 2, verse 5. That for uh, I declare the Lord will be a wall of fire around her, tied by Jerusalem, and the glory of God in her midst. This is something I pray over you every day. Almost every day over your family, over your group. God, be a wall of fire around us and the glory in our midst. All our students at school, our kids, be a wall of fire around them and the glory in our midst. Our marriages, our small groups, our campuses, our ministry, be a wall of fire around us and the glory of God in our midst. Because, see, God wants his glory to abide in us. He wants his power to flow through us. And and what do we have to do? We've got to put God first, not last. Does that make sense? But so many times God is last, he's not first. So he said, rebuild my temple. It was about the kingdom of God and about God being first. So we get it, if we're going to get on a new river, city roads, we're going to have to put God back on the throne in our lives. Because I believe that we can leave a legacy of godliness in a culture of compromise. Because we live in a culture where the foundations of everything we believe 50 years ago are being destroyed. Does that make sense? What if the foundations are destroyed? What are the righteous to do? The scripture says. And so it's time to commit. Man, you don't have to be obnoxious. You don't have to be arrogant. You don't have to walk around beating people up with a Bible. We've done that long enough. It didn't work, did it? But if you'll love people and you share the truth in love, man, we can make an impact. So my question to you is this who are you following? And where do your ways lead you? And to whom do you seek out for directions? Where is it? Who is it? See, because this is what we've got to do. We must look for him and look at him so that we'll look to him when we need to know the way. I don't know about you, but I need God every day. And so many people who go to church, they think God's an Uber driver. I just call him when I need a ride. I just call him when I need a little miracle. I just call him when I need something. Man, listen, then what is all the religious activity about? For many of us, it's about us. It's not about him. So let me give you some road signs, because we all need signs on the road. There are signs of indifference in our lives. Some of us are, lead, leading, uh, are leading our lives like a Sunday driver. Where are you going? I don't know. hoop de doop Just driving down the road. It's looks like a good road. We don't know where we're going. There's no view, vision, no direction. Some of us, they're, they're, we, we've, the, we've got the, the sign of ignorance is out there. Why? We're going somewhere. We're not sure if we're going the right way, but I'll be doggone if I'm going to stop and ask directions. Come on, men. Come on, men. See, we're afraid to ask us. We ask, we might find out we're going the wrong way. And we're too prideful to find out where's the real road. Guys, are you with me? Come on, are you with me? There's a reason there's 60% women and 40% men at church this weekend. Because men are sitting home. Thank you, ma'am. One person's listening. (laughs) I know if her husband's here, but. There's also the sign of indecisiveness. You're sitting in the left lane. There's four lanes, and you think you might ought to turn right. You're just not sure where you're going. You're just not sure what's going on. Does this make sense? Man, we've got to get in on the new rivers and roads. Let me tell you, look, look, this is a great verse. Deuteronomy chapter 10. Now, Israel, what does the Lord God require from you? Great question. What does God want from me, Pastor? I'm so glad you asked. Let me tell you what God said. But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, and to do what to him? And to serve the Lord with some of your heart. No, no, he really meant some. 
Are you sure he meant all? That means he comes first and not last? All your heart, did he mean that? What about all your soul? No question about it. And to keep the Lord's commandments. Jesus said, if you love me, I'll obey my commandments. And his statutes, which I'm commanding you today. Look at the last three words. For who's good? See, if we really trusted God, we put God first because we would realize that God's good is better than our good for us. That I slavering all the time and trying to get ahead, trying me, 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 my, 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 when to focus on me, it doesn't get us where we really want to go. If we would surrender our lives up to God, seek ye first the kingdom of God, if we would put God first, he would bless our lives beyond our wildest comprehension. If you'd have stopped me the first year I was saved and said, Chris, where are you going to be 36 years from now? I could not have fathomed the family I have, this ministry, where I live, what I get to do. There is no way I could have conceived that. But see, if you'll surrender to God, he will work it out for your good. Do we believe that? Do we believe that? See, if we believe that, then we would surrender up our will to him because God gives good directions. Don't go to Micah. Go to God. Now, maybe this weekend you found yourself lost. Maybe this weekend you're, you realize that you're not following a vision, and, man, your roads have been dead in roads, and you're ready to follow somebody that's really paved the lanes and painted the lines and put up the signs and paved the way. He paid it on a cross as Jesus shed his blood. The lines on the road are painted in his blood. The pavement is his body that was given for us on the cross. The question is, will we be aware of it? Or will we be so tunnel vision, so tunnel focused on this world that we miss what God wants to do? Because listen, as Haggai said, consider your ways. Can I tell you? God's got a better plan for you than you've got for yourself. He's just got a better plan. Now, if you don't trust that, keep following yours and see how that works out. It's not looking too good around the world, is it? But here's the deal. The greatest move of God that's happening is happening right now around the world, and America's missing it. There are more Christ followers in China than there are people that live in America now. There have been more people saved in the last 30 years in the history of Christianity, and we're missing it because Americans are consumers, and we're so consumed with us that we simply refuse to make Jesus Lord over all that we are. Does that make sense? I believe God wants to do something supernatural, faith promise. I believe God wants to send revival. I believe God wants to do just an absolute supernatural sovereign work. But we've got to decide we're going to make him first and not last. So if you're ready to come out of the weeds, if you're ready to follow God, if you're ready to begin a new relationship with you, God's ready. Not to make you a rule follower, but a real follower. A real follower, not just going through the motion, checking the boxes. I'm talking about experiencing God. So at all of our campuses, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're ready, we're going to pray this prayer aloud with you. Pray this prayer with us. Say, Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned and we're separated. Forgive me. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. I'll follow your roads. I'll put you first as Lord of my life for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, come on, somebody give God a shout as people have said yes to the Lord. Incredible deal. Incredible. If you just prayed with me, if you'll take the communication card out, come on, don't miss this. Don't stop. Keep going. Take the card out. Give your name, email, cell number. Check the box. I prayed with the pastor. 
or if you have not gone to Next Steps, you want to find out more about getting more involved, sign up for Next Steps. It's in two weekends at all of our campuses. And in a few minutes, when we, when we bring our offering as worship, you can put those cards in the boxes. And so that, guest, we love you to know that you were here. We're not going to beat you up or throw traction in your yard. We just want to just let you know we're glad you're here. All right, we have just one piece of business. This happens about once every 10 years, <laughs> but it happens. Pull the card out. This is Faith Promise on top again. Only core, only the core votes will count. If you say, I'm not sure if I'm in the core, you're not. Go to Next Steps, and it'll help you. And, and you can tell that an attorney wrote this because we can't understand it. It says this, resolution of the leadership team. There are 12 people on our leadership team, lay people, men and women, who serve sort of as trustees. They, they oversee budgets with Pastor Josh and Pastor Aaron, they, they uh, go over contracts. They've, they're in the thick of, of all the attorney stuff that we don't mess with. I don't, I don't mess with either. The leadership team is authorized to do the following four things. A, exercise the option to, per, um, to purchase. It has on the North Knoxville campus property. To conduct all due diligence it deems required, convenient, or necessary to evaluate property, like I said, an attorney. Purchase the property if the leadership team is satisfied with the results of the due diligence and select and authorize a person or persons to sign all documents, take all actions required, convenient to or necessary to accomplish steps A through C. If you are for it, check I'm for it. If you're against it, now by the way, we're paying cash, $1.75 million. We'll write a check for that. Vote I'm against it. And if, if you just vote I'm against it, tell us where you'd like the North Knoxville campus to meet from now on. Or I'm abstaining from voting. Print your name legibly again. Only the, only those that are core votes will actually count. So we are moving forward now. But campus pastors, get ready. But before we, before we go to the campus pastor, I just want to remind all the campuses of something. Next weekend, next weekend is the Super Bowl of. That, excuse me, sir. You spit your propaganda long enough. Not Jay. Now, Jay, show them what your sign says. Don't let Pop Pop lie to you anymore. Listen, okay. Jay, Jay, ice cream. Okay. Pop Pop. Don't try today. to tip your ice cream. Ice cream say get behind me, Satan. Okay. The Super Bowl is coming. And hey, we're so. Oh. We are so excited. It's going to be great. Uh, yes, Pop Pop's been tipping on ice cream. That's something a cheater might do. So, oh, yeah, love you. She said, Pop Pop, give that girl the microphone. Oh, yeah. Go, Team Jack. Go, Team Jack. Come on. I need some ushers. Ushers. Yeah, Jay's for Pop Pop. Remember that. Come on. I just want to say one thing. I've been your pastor for 23 years. And we can't let a young upstart. Now, Farragut, I know that he's the campus pastor. Students, I know all that, but senior pastor. His daughter is for Pop Pop. Now, there have been some ice cream and some other things that have been shared and promised, but she's for Pop Pop. That's all, all I can say. All right, campus pastors, next weekend, preach off. We love you. We'll see you guys next weekend. Okay, all right, no, 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 we're not done. Hold up, we're not done. Only the other campuses are done. Sit down. Come on. Good, now, we got eight minutes. Sit back down. We have snipers on the roof. Try to leave before the offering. It's over in the parking lot. In all the love in Jesus' name, by the way. So here's the deal. <laughs> you know what? You can have fun at church, can't you? So come on.
So here's, so as we get ready to give, can I just tell you, there is one road that God has cleared throughout his word that he wants us to walk, and that is a road of generosity. He wants us to be generous with all that we are, but with our finances. Matter of fact, the world says, get all you can, can all you get, sit on the can. The world says you can never give because you need more. It's all about you. Who's, who's in first place in that mindset? I am. God says, I want to be first place in your marriage, in your ministry, with your kids, with all your relationships, in your finances, in your health, in your spiritual walk. God says, I want to be first. So as we get ready to give, some of you will be the first weekend you've ever given. Praise God. It's a victory for you. Others of us have given for years. About 70% of us already gave online this week. It's the easiest way. It's what Michelle and I do. It's easiest for the church and for us. We just set it up recurring giving. And so, man, we just, and, and you know, God says bring your tithe. And for Michelle and I, we give way more than a tithe because we're just committed to God that he's first. Matter of fact, the largest check that goes out every other week, every month, is what we give to God. It's over our house note. It's over everything. It has been that way for a long time because God is first in everything in our lives. We slip, we blow it, we're not perfect. And so as we get ready, as our ushers come forward, God, we just come now, we ask you to bless us. We worship you, God. As we, as we come and we bring our offerings, as we throw cards in the, in the thing, God, the reason we can purchase North Knoxville campus is because people have been so generous. So God, we, we're excited about what you're doing. God, we're excited about our part our individual gifts, we bring it as an offering to you because you're Lord of all of our lives. Let your glory fall. Let your glory flood the homes and hearts. God, would you move in a supernatural way in this worship as we give to you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, come on, give God a shout of praise as we get ready to give.